The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Boy, did I love the movie Unbroken. Hi there, it's Doc Thompson. There's a new movie in theaters September 14th called Unbroken Path to Redemption. It's the rest of the true story of Louis Zamperini, an Olympic runner and later prisoner of war hero in World War II. It's his life after war. It compassionately shows how he worked through his demons and his anger, and more importantly, found peace with God. Unbroken Path to Redemption is especially timely and is in theaters September 14th. Check out unbrokenfilm.com, unbrokenfilm.com. Have you, did you happen to see the, the Robert Reich video on the Constitutional Convention? I did, absolutely. Okay, it's so bizarre. It's only a couple minutes long. And, and I was interested to see because he specifically mentioned balanced budget amendment and doesn't mention why it would be bad. He just says, oh, as disastrous as a balanced budget amendment would be. Again, I don't know why it would be. But then he just goes on to scare people about all the, well, if we have a constitutional convention, the Koch brothers, they could be calling the shots and they could demand anything, Mark. Is that true? That's absolutely not true. Look, But I actually think it's fantastic that he made that video. And the reason is we know that the left is terrified of the idea of us having a convention of states. And the reason they're terrified, they revealed this last week there or two weeks ago, there was an article in the Washington Post by Common Cause, the the head of Common Cause. And she said that what we're attempting to do is to roll back 115 years of progressivism. And she's right. That's what we're trying to do. (laughs) Yes. By the way, sweetheart, you are absolutely right. It's been that long and it's all bad. Well, and it's incredible because usually the left doesn't tell the truth. She was absolutely telling the truth about that. Yeah, you're you're right about that. Um, But specifically, the Convention of States that you've been working on, is not for uh, does not lay out provisions specifically for anything but a, a couple of things like balanced budget amendment is one of them, and I believe term limits is another. Yeah, that's correct. Look, and I, and I want to clarify something. If, if we're talking about a balanced budget alone, and there are no other reforms that take place in a convention, then I'm completely against the idea of a balanced budget amendment. And here's the reason why. You know, the federal government has the power to impose unfunded mandates on the states today. And unfunded mandates just means they tell the state, you have to do this, you have to run this program, and you have to raise the money for it. And you have no choice of how it runs, you have no choice what the rules are, but you have to raise the money from your own citizens in your state. That's an unfunded mandate. Mm-hmm. The federal government now has the authority to do that. If we were to pass a balanced budget amendment alone, and there are people who are pushing for this, then the federal government would simply impose more unfunded mandates on the states, and the states would literally just become an appendage of the federal government. It, would, it has to be written in such a way that it limits their ability to pass the buck or just raise taxes, and that's the key. Right, right? exactly, and so this is really important. So there are folks who are out there pushing for a balanced budget amendment only. It is, in my opinion, one of the most anti-federalist things we could do. It would give the federal government power over the states, and so... What we're pushing for is a broader convention, a convention of states to talk about three things. One is anything that would impose fiscal restraints on the federal government. That could include a balanced budget amendment, but it would also likely include restraints on taxing and spending. It would force the federal government to use generally accepted accounting principles. It would potentially impose term limits 
not only on Congress, but on the judiciary and on the bureaucracy. And most importantly, it would allow us to discuss the idea of limiting the scope, the power and jurisdiction of the federal government. That's where we could make sure that they can't impose unfunded mandates on the states. Uh, but you don't have uh, specifically on the docket um, repeal of Roe v. Wade, um, anything like that, right? That's not on the docket. No. In fact, the, the reason that we set the call up the way we did or these resolutions that are being passed is general. I'm just generally speaking, they don't deal with social issues specifically. In fact, they don't deal with any issues specifically. The intent is to deal with the things that bother the American people. And we talk to the American people. You guys are talking about this. Everybody knows can't spend more than you take in. People know that if we passed a balanced budget amendment without tax limits, they would just tax us to death. Mm-hmm. People are sick and tired of the federal government involved in their business generally. Our property rights, our education, things that are supposed to be fundamental rights of parents, like how to educate their kids, where to send their kids to school. Federal government's not supposed to be involved in that stuff. But no, Roe v. Wade is not on the docket. Yeah, and I think that's important for people to remember because, yeah, this could get out of hand uh, for anybody in their beliefs. I mean, obviously, the left is freaked out about social issues. But like you point out, if you're talking about a constitutional convention, if you had just presented this idea to me without those restraints um, and well-thought-out processes like limiting what the federal government can do within this amendment – Yeah, I'm not on board. It's got to be very pointed and direct. I'm trying to tie the hands of the federal government on all of that stuff. It is very pointed and direct. And and this is really important, but it's also important on the back end to remember this, Doc, because this is where I think the founders were so brilliant. The ultimate safety mechanism here is that it takes 38 states to ratify anything that comes out of convention. And it's important to remember, I want to adjust our language a little bit. This is not a constitutional convention. Excuse me, a convention of states, thank you, yes. Yeah, that's correct, because a constitutional convention is for the purpose of drafting a new constitution. A convention of states actually operates under Article 5 of the United States Constitution. It is limited by whatever the states say when they call it that they're going to talk about. Thank you. No, and I appreciate that. You're right. Um, That's something I've slipped up in my verbiage in the past, and a lot of people misunderstand. Two different things. Constitutional convention is for the purpose of a complete constitution. You're talking about Article 5 for the purpose of amending the Constitution specifically, right? That is correct, and it's very specific. And if we listen to the history, if, if we're originalists, which I am, I believe in the original meaning of the Constitution, what the founder said, and you look back at Madison's notes from the convention, what he said is that we wanted to have this power to restrain federal tyranny. He specifically said, are we so naive that we believe that a federal government that becomes a tyranny will propose amendments to restrain its own tyranny. And that's just ridiculous. I think they laughed. I wish we had video. Mm-hmm. We can kind of tell they did laugh because Madison's don't say nin com, which means no comment. But there's <laughs> when he said we should do this, nobody opposed it. Nobody even argued or commented on it. They voted unanimously to give us this power specifically for the purpose of restraining federal tyranny. And they were really good at that. That's one of the beauties of, of our Constitution and the way everything, the balance of powers and the different pathways to, to make sure things are done properly. There are two ways to amend the Constitution. One, uh, two-thirds of the House and, and, and Senate can pass legislation and then gets ratified. Or it can be via this Article 5. And 
so far, every, what is it, 27 amendments to the Constitution? Yes, that's correct. 27, all of them have been done via Congress. Is that right? They have, and if you look at them, they generally don't limit the power of Congress, right? <laughs> <Because> that's, <laughs> that's not what Congress does, and so that's why we have the second method, is people don't limit their own power, and the founders understood that eventually Congress would get out of hand. And look, this is, I think, a really important fact. We've broken the structure of our government. This is not just about people going to Washington, D.C. and making bad choices. Over the years, uh, Congress, the president, I think primarily the courts have broken the structure of our government. They've actually changed our founding document in ways the founders never intended. A really great example of that is the Commerce Clause. The federal government was never intended to have the power to be involved in things like education or energy or healthcare, like Obamacare. That power does not exist in writing in the Constitution, was not the original intent of the founders. But the Supreme Court has said the Commerce Clause is so broad that it gives the federal government the power to do just about anything it wants. That's a structural problem that can only be fixed through a convention of states. Where, so where are you at? What's the update? How close are we getting? Twelve states have passed this. That's more than one-third of the way there. I was just in Michigan last week, and Michigan just passed this out of their Senate committee. So we've now passed the House and Senate committees in Michigan, getting ready this year to go to a floor vote there. So I think we're well on our way, and we're poised in a whole bunch of states when session starts next year in January to blow this thing through. So I think we're going to add a lot of states next year. Okay, so how many more do you need? You have to get to 34, so 22 states to go. Important to remember, 33 states are currently controlled by Republicans in both houses of the legislature. All right, so what can people do if they want to help out? Because I think you guys are on the right track. Well, the most important thing they can do is get involved because I can't do it by myself. It's (laughs) awesome that you guys are talking about it, but you can't make it happen by yourselves. What we need is everybody to be involved. You do that by going to conventionofstates.com, get signed up, and get involved, conventionofstates.com 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 and um, hopefully people get involved uh, keep, please keep us updated on this I think this is really important um, if if everybody took and I mean all Americans took just a pause a breath for a moment and stopped screaming about Trump or Obama and everything and just said okay where are we at with this thing we know there has to be a balance of powers this really is a common ground thing it really is common ground I I think it is the most common ground. In fact, I would argue one of the reasons we have so much crazy division in this country is because too many decisions are made in Washington, D.C. I live in California right now, about as liberal as it gets. Mm -hmm. And then I'm actually just about to move to Texas, a much more conservative place. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be great if California could decide for California and Texas could decide for Texas? Yes. That's what we're talking about. Mark, that is a wonderful thing. I've argued this. There's... This concept that every place, every even down to the smallest little town should be, everybody should be, of course, you know, on board with all things instead of saying, maybe in our little town, you know, we want bigger sidewalks or maybe in our towns we want no sidewalks or maybe we want, you know, certain holidays off and other. I don't care who you are or, or you know, what your religion, faith, whatever, you ought to be able to decide who and what you live around. That you know, this is something that was. This is absolutely fundamental to the idea of America. Founders understood the idea of personal liberty, the, that individuals and families should decide most things for themselves. 
that really the only role for the government, the primary reason for the federal government to exist was to protect those rights and liberties. We've gone way beyond that. The federal government's completely out of control. We need to give the power back to the people, whatever their political party or political ideology. All right, Mark, thanks so much. Really appreciate you joining us with the update, and we'll post that on social media. Hopefully people get involved. Great to be with you this morning. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Again, it is conventionofstates.com. That's conventionofstates.com. Good stuff there. Hey, it's Doc Thompson. If you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. The podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. If you hear yourself saying, feels pretty good to see somebody rub their nose in it, you may be addicted to outrage. We've expressed our outrage at everyone and everything that is different. Every thumbs up is like a dopamine surge and every retweet is a serotonin hit. In my new book, Addicted to Outrage, we bring clarity to this addiction. If enough of us can just drop our anger and outrage, we might just stand a chance to heal ourselves. Addicted to Outrage by Glenn Beck. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash addicted to outrage. Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag what I learned today. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.